Thank you for joining us on the Rose Church Podcast, recorded live every week at the Bossa Nova Ballroom in downtown Portland. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit rosechurch.org or follow us on social media at rosechurchpdx. So excited for today, but we are starting a new collection of talks called A New Way to Be Human. What we're going to be doing over the next couple weeks is taking a look uh, at what it means to follow Jesus. If you are newer to Jesus, maybe even come to our church and this is so new to you about following Jesus and I, I've had coffee and lunch with a lot of people. Like, so what does this mean now? What does it mean to follow Jesus? What starts happening now? What can I look for? What, is this, what does this mean? Well, we're going to answer all those questions. So we're going to spend the next however many weeks the Holy Spirit tells me. I have six planned out right now, but we'll see what happens after that. But I have six weeks planned out for a series about a new way to be human. Because you have to understand that when Jesus showed up on the scene, he offers a whole new way to be human. He contradicts the entire human experience that we've been having. He says, no, don't hate your neighbor, pray for him. He says the best way to go up is to be a servant and go down. He says if someone attacks you, turn the other cheek, not get him back. I mean, Jesus flips everything upside down. Every human instinct that we would have, all of our human condition, all of our human experience, he does the complete opposite and he offers this whole new way to be human. But this is the main phrase that we're going to talk about every week for the next six weeks or more is this. Jesus doesn't want you just to believe in him. He wants you to follow him. There's a big difference between believing in Jesus and following Jesus. Our prayer, my prayer, our team's prayer for you is not that you would believe in Jesus, it's that you would truly follow Jesus. Because there is a difference between the two. So we're going to talk about what does it mean to follow Jesus. I'm so excited for this series. I'm so excited for this morning. I believe I have a word for you in my, in my heart that I can't wait to share. And uh, If you're a newer to church, our goal is to build you up, not beat you down. We believe that you should leave church better than you walked in. That you should have your head higher than when it came in. So we're going to talk about the Bible this morning. If you are newer to this, we believe the Bible is the infallible, perfect word of God. It is not just some old, antiquated, historical book. We believe it's life into our lungs. We believe it's the blueprint to our life. And so describe your Bible if you have it. If not, it's going to be on the screens uh, right there for you. Go with me to the book of Mark. Book of Mark in chapter 2. If, uh, if you don't have a Bible um, and, you, and you plan on attending our church, you should get one because we talk about the Bible every Sunday. And so if you don't have one, get a version, get somewhere to read the Bible with us. Um, if, uh, if you don't have one at all, you can go to Lost and Found and steal someone else's. But, uh, but get someone else's. Get, get a book, get a Bible so that we can, so that we can talk together. Mark, Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Wait for you to get there. It's in the New Testament. It's right after Matthew, second book of the Gospels. And it's a very, very fascinating story that I, I love. It says this in, in chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors, there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. 
Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Others say um, on his lap, like right down in front of Jesus, right on him. Uh, where are we at? And then the man came down right in front of Jesus. In verse 5 it says, seeing their faith, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the well, religious law were sitting there and thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them a question. What? Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Verse 12, we'll end here. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and they started praising God, exclaiming, we have never seen anything like this before. This morning, as we embark on this new collection of talks about a new way to be human, uh, this is part one, but if you want to write a phrase for this morning, I just want to ask a question and I'm going to do my very, very best to, to unpack it, to talk about it, to uh, at the end land you where you can think about Jesus. But I want to ask this question, are you healthy? Are, are you healthy. Let's pray. JT, can I get a cup of water? That'd be amazing. Uh, let's pray as we dive into this amazing passage and this new collection of talks. Father, we, we love you this morning. God, I pray you'd speak to us. Father, wherever we are at the end of the spectrum, whether we come to church every weekend, whether this is honestly a little uncomfortable, this is a whole new zone for us, and we're a little uh, intimidated or fearful, Father, I pray you would speak to those people. God, we believe and we, we know that where two or three are gathered, you are there. Father, this morning we are not here just to do church, to sit in a service and go home, but truly we are here to encounter you, to know you, to hear from you. Father, I pray you give me the grace and give me the authority to speak what you've put in my heart, to say what you've said to me. Father, I pray that you'd illuminate this word to us, open it up to us, let us see you more clearly today, Jesus. That is our desire, that is our goal, to see you amongst everything else. Your name I pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you. No problem. Cheers. Awkward silence. Um, anybody play sports in, in high school, college, play sports? Great, like six of you. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I, uh, I was obsessed with sports. I wasn't necessarily good at school. I uh, didn't enjoy school that much. My favorite class was recess and, and lunch. So I, I played a lot of sports in high school. I played football, basketball, baseball, and soccer all in high school. I played in college for two years and then um, got involved in ministry and I stopped playing sports. But my junior year of high school, um, we're getting ready for a game. And I, I've never been hurt in my whole life. I never tore anything, hurt anything, broke a bone, uh, split my head open, anything ever. Like I, I'd never been hurt in sports. And, and so this game, I'm getting ready for, for the layup line. And, and I go up to, to, to lay the ball up. And there's this one guy on our team who um, uh, wasn't mentally all there. And he would always help us with like, you know, drills and help us with the, the, the games and, you know, keep score. Like he, he's a part of our team. And, and I went for a layup and he decided that he wanted to help me make this layup. And as he did, I came down and landed on his foot and tore two of the three ligaments in my ankle. So I, and this is in summer league. I can play the rest of the summer, had to go through all this stuff. So um, I had to go to physical therapy 
And if you've never done that before, thank God. Because it is awful. They put these big demon white things on, on your leg or arm, whatever it is, and they turn this electricity up and they shoot waves up and down your muscles to like get them going and stretch. And it's, it's the worst thing in the world. So, but I had to do it because my ankle was, was that bad. And so uh, at the end of my therapy, he goes, okay, now you have to go to the chiropractor. One last time before I sign off that you can, you can play again. I was like, sure, whatever. Just no more physical therapy. I'll do psychiatry. I'll do whatever you want. Okay, just no more physical therapy. He's like, okay, you have to go to the chiropractor. I was like, that's fine. So I get to the chiropractor. I'm like 16, 17 years old, my junior year. I sit down and, and the doctor comes in and he goes, um, Mr. Damasio. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Or my dad, you can call me Andrew. I'm not Mr. Damasio, but yeah, that's me. And he goes, uh, oh, you're here for a spine check. And I was like, no, that's, that's not, not me. And he goes, no, like, this is your chart. You are here for a, a spine adjustment, a spine check. And I was like, no, I'm not. And me and this doctor get in a full-on argument of why I'm here. And so then he goes, um, um, son, I go, first of all, you're not my dad. Uh, so let's just clarify that. Uh, he goes, son, sit down. Let me tell you about the human body. And I was like, I've already had this talk with my dad. I, I don't really need to have this discussion with you. He's like, you're hilarious. Sit down. And I was like, okay. So I sit down. And he's like, listen, your spine is the front runner of your life. He's like, do you know why you hurt your ankle? And I was like, well, yeah, because a guy you know, put his leg out. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's why you injured it. But that's, there's a different reason why you hurt it this bad. And I'm like, oh, okay, you have a degree, so you, you tell me. He goes, well, when we did your, your test this morning, uh, your spine is off. The bottom of your spine is a little, is a little crick, it's a little off. And what happens when your spine is off, uh, you begin to lean a certain way, and then your hips have to adjust to your spine. And then when your hips get off, uh, your knees try to adjust because you don't want to walk different, so your knees start adjusting because your hips are turning. And then what happens when your knees start getting off, your ankles get weaker because you're walking different and your body is all trying to catch up with your spine. He's like, so Andrew, the actual reason why your ankle got this hurt is because you have uh, a spine that's not correctly uh, placed. I have to adjust your spine this morning. And I was like, that's why you went to 45 years of medical school. Like, I, I would have never, never thought about that. He's like, well, Andrew, your ankle would have never been that bad if your spine would have been correct. It's like when your spine gets off, the rest of your body is trying to adjust to fix your spine. He's like, so Andrew, after today, I will adjust your spine, I will fix your spine, and then your hips will get back into alignment, your knees will adjust, and your ankles will never be that weak again. I, I want to submit to you this morning that I think a lot of us come to church for ankle reasons, but in actuality, we have a spine issue. Mark chapter 2, we read a story about a paralyzed man. He comes to Jesus, and Jesus' first response is, your sins are forgiven. If I'm the paralyzed man, I'm like, I don't care about my sins. I came to you to get my legs fixed. My friends told me I'd lay in this mat, and they told me about some Jesus of Nazareth, and they said, if I would come to you, you would heal me. I am here for my legs, Jesus. I don't care about my sins. Do you think how frustrated that man would have been being carried on the mat? And the first thing Jesus says is, your sins are forgiven. Right. If I'm that man, I'm like, cool, Jesus. I, 
I, I don't care about that right now. What is Jesus saying? Hey, I know you're coming to me for an ankle issue, but I actually have to address your spine. I actually have to address something different than why you came. Because when you read throughout the entire Gospels, Jesus would take natural discussions and turn them into spiritual discussions. A woman would come for some water. A man would come for a leprosy thing. Over and over again, through all the Gospels, people would come to him for a natural thing. And Jesus would turn it into a spiritual discussion. Three things I want to submit to you this morning about this story and what will land at the very end of the story. But three things I want you to ponder this morning. Number one is this, is your soul is the front runner of your life. They agree. And that was my son. Um, Your soul is the front runner of your life. We'll get, we'll get third John, third John. Chapter 2 and verse 1. Sorry, chapter 1 and verse 2. It says, Beloved, this is John writing, Beloved, I pray that all would go well with you, that you would prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. What John is saying is the same way that your soul is prospering, I pray the rest of your life prospers. Because what John is saying is your soul is the front runner of your prospering. So if your soul is prospering, your life is prospering. But often we come to Jesus for ankle issues, marriage issues, attitude issues, anger issues, addictions, alcohol, whatever it might be. And all those inherently aren't bad. But Jesus wants to address your soul before he addresses your ankle. Because he knows our soul is the front runner of our life. It is impossible to have an unhealthy soul and a healthy life. Now, some of you are like, that's not true at all. I know people that have thousands and thousands of dollars or millions and millions of dollars, and their life is seemingly doing really well. Okay, great question. I think we should talk about the word success then. What is true success? Now, in America, at least, money is skyrocketing. Fame is skyrocketing. Possessions is skyrocketing, but so is anxiety. So is depression. So is the billion-dollar industry called pills. So great. Our money is skyrocketing, but our souls are declining. So my question is, what is true success? Is it true success to have all the money in the world, have all the cars in the world, have all the friends in the world, but your soul is plummeting? Is that success? I would like to offer no, it's not. Because true success is not only when your life is whole, it's when your soul is whole. Because John says your soul is the front runner of your life. Now, we live in Portland, which is an incredibly eclectic and very unique city, especially if you live in the downtown corridor. Um, It's very, very unique. Um, But have you noticed that we will do anything to progress our body at the sake of our soul? 
It really doesn't matter what you have to do to get ahead. You can suppress your soul, deny your soul, abuse your soul, and do whatever you want on the inside, but as long as you're getting the job, as long as you're getting the money, as long as you're getting the relationships, as long as you're moving up in the program, as long as you're getting a raise at work, it doesn't matter what's going on the inside, and we would rather get the outside success, but we will destroy our soul. Understand that in the Jewish world, which once again, this, this Bible was written in Greek and Hebrew. It was not written to Americans in English. Okay? So we have to remove ourselves and get in their context. In the Jewish writing and Jewish history, the soul was everything. They actually believe, which so do I, is that we are a soul that has a body, not a body that has a soul. They actually believe, no, we are a soul that has a body. But the world we live in is like, no, no, you have a body. Do whatever feels good. Do whatever feels right. Whatever feels natural. And your soul is an afterthought. But the gospel and the Bible is the complete opposite. It's that we have a soul. And it's the true us. It's the real us. And we just have a body that encompasses our soul. Um, the word soul in the Greek actually means the breath of a man. Not, 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 not the air in our lungs. It's the, the breath, the who we are on the inside. The breath of who we are is our soul. Um, you know, it's fascinating in, in Genesis when God breathed into man. Notice how it says that the body was formed, but he didn't become alive until the breath of God filled him. He was a form. He, he, was, he was formless. He, he was a man, but, but until the breath or the soul of God came in. That's when we became a human. What makes you human is your soul. Not just your body. It's your soul on the inside. And so what happens is we'll come to church like, oh, I really, really believe my marriage is going to get fixed. That's a great thing. Really believe my attitude is going to get better. Sure, that's awesome. Really believe in, you know, my life is going to be the onward and upward. That's all great in itself. But actually, why we come to church is to get our spine adjusted. And when God addresses your spine, the rest of your life falls into alignment. So when God starts healing your soul and taking care of your soul, the rest of your life starts falling in alignment because our soul is the front runner of our life. So a new way to be human, a good sign for you, if you're like, I don't, I don't know if I'm following Jesus, is he messing with your soul? One of the signs of like, I don't know if I'm following Jesus, is he asking you the deep questions? Hey, uh, Jesus, I, I'm here to get my ankle. Yeah, I want to talk about that. <laughs> what, what do you mean? I want, to, I want to stop being an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that later. How is your soul? And what Jesus does is he starts pushing away the discussions we'll have later. And he starts going way deeper, way quicker. Why? Because he knows it doesn't matter if I heal your, your ankle. Now I'll take care of that later. I have to address your soul. The inner you. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The same word for heart is soul. It's, it's the same. It's, it's interchangeable. What he's saying is protect the inside you above all else, because the inside you determines the course of your life. Protect your heart. Guard your soul. Take care of it, because it... It directs the rest of your life. This morning, I need you to understand that your soul is the front runner of your life. Now, that's all introduction. I want to get to two things this morning. 
It's two things. You can submit, uh, you can do whatever you want with them. I'll throw them out there, you can pick them up if you want. <laughs> two things that I want to land on this morning. The second thing I want to talk about, but the two things, the second thing is, is don't pick fruit, change seeds. Don't pick fruit, change seeds. Let me explain. Um, I used to live in Vancouver, Washington, Kentucky, and and uh, you ever heard that before about Vancouver, Kentucky? Um, my backyard, I had a massive cherry tree. I hated that thing. Hated it. Cherries would fall everywhere, and my two children would think they're like games, like they would just smash them, like everywhere. And like cherries would squirt everywhere and our entire back patio would have like blood everywhere and like squirt chairs everywhere. This massive cherry tree. And I was like, one day, I was like, I'm just going to, I hate this cherry tree. I, I don't want a cherry tree anymore. I want an apple tree. I love apples. I want an orange tree. I, I love oranges. I'll do anything but these little demon red things that fall all over our yard and my son squeezes them all over the place and thinks it's hilarious. Now, if I went to you, I was like, hey. Come over. Let's pick all the cherries off the tree. If we can get all the fruit off, I wonder if it will change trees. You'd be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> no, 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 man. Just, just listen to me. Come over. We're going to pick all the cherries off the tree. And when we get all the fruit gone, it's going to become an apple tree. You'd be like, are you okay? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Now, often that's what we do with our lives. We want to change all of our fruit, but remain the same seed. So what God does is he comes in on the inside of you and changes your seed, changes your inside, because it doesn't matter how often God addresses your fruit. If you remain the same on the inside, you can pick all the fruit off you want. But your seed, your soul is still the same. That is why in this story, Jesus, before he ever dresses his paralyzed legs, he's addressed his paralyzed soul. Because he knew, oh, I can heal the man's legs. He can go on his way, but he's still paralyzed on the inside. Before I address with his outward, I need to get on the inside of him and address his seed. Don't just start picking fruit. Let the Holy Spirit come in the inside of you and start changing your seed. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Understand this morning, when you become a Christian, you don't become a better person. You become a new person. It's not about him bettering you as a spouse, bettering you as an employee, bettering you as a friend. He doesn't make you a better creation. He starts over. He makes a whole new creation. Why? Because he knows I have to plant a new seed. I have to do something new in you. And then when something new happens, the better fruit will come. Can I ask you this morning, because we're best friends at this state of our journey this morning in our discussion. Um, how are you on the inside? If, if I could erase everyone else from the room and me, you, and if you're a girl, me, you, and my wife <laughs> could, could sit knee to knee and I could stare into your eyes and go, how are you? Yeah. Yeah. What, what would your answer be? Oh, yeah, I'm good. No, it, 
How is the inside of you? How is your soul? Because if you want a healthier life, you've got to get a healthier soul. If you want a healthier relationship with Jesus, you've got to get a healthier soul. Why? Because we, we can become so good at picking fruit. See, what Jesus does is, okay, Jesus, I want to change my anger. No, yeah, me too. But let's address the reason why you're angry. Jesus, I don't want to be bitter anymore. No, no, we'll address your bitterness. Let's address why you were bitter in the first place. Yeah. It's, it's been said, it's been preached, and, and I halfway believe it. It's like Christianity is not about life transformation. It's about soul transformation. That is true. But in order for Jesus to change your life, he changes your soul. Yeah. There's an order to Jesus. He gets on the inside of us and addresses the real reason. Um, if, you, if you guys are homeowners, which if you're downtown, you're not because they're five billion dollars down here. Um, it'd be stupid if I just went up to like all the, the weeds and just chopped them down. They're going to keep growing because the root is still there. I could cut them down and cut them down, but the root of that thing is still in the ground. So I have to dig in there and get to the very bottom of that root and cut the root out, and then it will stop growing. Some of you are like, why is Jesus in my business? Because he's digging down, he's getting to the bottom of the matter, and he's going to cut the root so that when your life, so that when your fruit starts changing, your life can handle the fruit. Because if you don't change the root, the fruit's not going to last. One of the signs of you becoming a new human is God getting on the inside of you. Now, you guys doing okay? We're going we're to land somewhere. Um, somewhere, yeah. We're going to land somewhere. I don't know where yet, but it's going to be somewhere. Um, but this is the thing about, about the, uh, the seed, is you are not in control of the seed. You're in control of the, of the soil. Great seeds, if they're planted in bad soil, are not going to survive. Not because of the seed, but because of the soil. Your heart and your soul is the soil. God's seed is always perfect. It's always on time. It's always the best. Don't worry about the seed. If you were at the soil and God starts planting his seed, his word, his hope, his mercy, his grace, his thoughts, he starts planting things in your soul, your your, your soul or your soil will start keeping it and you start growing. But I felt real specific to say this this morning. Um, when seeds, uh, they want to grow, they go deeper. And, and what happens when you plant a seed? Because I'm a, I'm a great gardener. I'm not. I'm awful. Um, when, you, when you plant a seed, the deepest, what do you do? You cover it up and you water it. And it takes time to grow. I feel that some of you need to hear your seeds, they are not hidden, they're planted. I don't, I don't see God doing anything because he went deep and he covered it up and he's watering it and it will come forth in due time. If you can't see it yet, just keep watering. If you don't feel it yet, keep watering. If you don't sense it yet, keep watering. Because God does his best work deep. So if you're asking, like, how do I know I'm following Jesus? Is he deep on the inside of you? Asking some questions when you were four. Asking what happened when you were 10. Talking about way, why. He's not bringing up the past to shame you. He's bringing up the past to heal you. 
Because he knows if he doesn't get that root that was planted when you were eight, it doesn't matter how much you pray or what you do at 20, there's still a root that happened back there. And so when Jesus, you start following Jesus, he starts going way back here and starts digging up roots and going on the inside of you because he knows your soul is the front runner of your life. And he knows, man, if I, if I want to have that fruit, I need to plant something new. I need to do something new. And he does it on the inside. He does it on the inside of you. And, and, and this is not popular. It hurts. I, I knew I wasn't getting any amens on that one. Amen the pain. Nobody wants pain. But sometimes some of the deepest work he has to do does not feel good. It's not comfortable. We live in this world. Whatever is painful, skip it. Don't do it. If you avoid pain, you avoid growth. I hate working out while I'm doing it because I get sore and I can't walk afterward. I have to go home and play with my kids and throw them in the air and I get sore again. Like, I don't like it in the moment, but the results of working out. Can I submit that to your life? You might be in a painful season of God right now. Don't give up. Don't quit. I know it might hurt. I know it might be uncomfortable. It might be stretching. It might be a little painful. But what's going to come from this season is everything you want. Just don't give up. Just don't quit. Because Jesus is not just picking fruit. He's changing seeds. Now this is where we land. I said all this to say right now. So how does this happen? Some of you are like, okay, so what do I do? So what do I start doing? Number three, just, just process with me. Fight through and sit down. So how do I start getting a healthy soul? Now, there's a lot of ways, counseling, which I'm a firm believer. Can I just like throw this out there? Um, the, these Christians that think counseling is bad for people. Uh, there's an entire book of the Bible about counseling. It's called Proverbs. And over and over and over again, it says get counsel, get wisdom, get protection, get counsel, get counsel. So can we just as Christendom as a whole stop looking down upon people and they say they're in marriage counseling? Or they're in life counseling? It's good. The Bible talks about counseling. Just throwing that out there. Um, It's the worst thing. You're in counseling? What's wrong? Nothing's wrong. So I want to be in counseling so nothing stays there. I want to... Unbelievable. As if the Holy Spirit isn't the great counselor. Just, it's unbelievable. Um, how, how do I get healthy? You fight through and you sit down. Let me explain. They, these four men bring their friend on a paralyzed mat. They come to the house and it's too packed. They can't get in. They can't get to Jesus. So instead of quitting, they go up to the house and they tear a hole through the roof. Get you some ghetto friends. They're just like, just tearing through stuff. Just, I'm going to tear this roof open. I'm going to get you to Jesus. I don't even care. Let's go up top. What are we going to do? Tear the roof open. All right, dude. All right. They tear the roof. And what, what does it say? They lower him down on the mat and place him in front of Jesus. Can I just ask you this morning, when was the last time you fought through and you placed yourself in front of Jesus? 
What do we do? Uh, 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 let's go to the roof. Let's tear a hole. And then what? Let's just, let's just lower the man and place him in front of Jesus. What else did they do in this story? Nothing. They fought through. And they sat him down. How do you start getting healthy on the inside? You fight. You fight through the pain. You fight through the tiredness. You fight through the awkward moments. You fight through the things you used to do in the past. You've got to fight through whatever's blocking you to Jesus. Because there are going to be some things. Past mistakes. People. Fear. Of intimacy. Whatever it might be. You've got to fight. And sit down. Oh, great. So on Sundays, no, no, no. You, you sit down Monday morning on your way to work. And you sit down on your lunch break. And you sit down Tuesday on your run. And you sit down Wednesday at your job. You sit, you sit, you sit down daily. Every moment when you come to pray, you come to your devotions, you come to listen to worship music, you're fighting through. And sit down. Be, because I don't know if you've noticed this yet, but we screw things up. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, my son um, pooped all over his hands. How's that into an introduction to a story? <laughs> Poops all over his hands. Starts, daddy, daddy, daddy. And he's playing with it because he's trying to get it off. But it's just going further down his arm. And he's like going like, yeah, some of you are like going to throw up. Wait till you have kids. He's like going like this. He's like, daddy, uh-oh, daddy, uh-oh, uh-oh, daddy. I'm like, buddy, what happened? He's like, I tried to change myself. And I felt, oh, this is so weird, but wait till you just have kids. Kids are walking messages every day. I could preach every single night because of my kids. I felt so clearly in that moment, the Holy Spirit say, Andrew, when you try to clean yourself, all you do is get messy. Wow. Yeah. When we try to change us, yeah. we just get messy. Yeah. We just ruin it. We get in the way. You cannot clean yourself. You cannot change yourself. The best option you can do to get healthy on the inside is fight through and just sit down. Just fight through and lay down. Just fight through the fear, fight through the frustration, and sit down at his feet and go, I messed up, Jesus. I'm dirty. I'm confused. I'm broken. My soul is cracked. I don't know what to do, Jesus. She did it again. He did it again. I got fired again. Uh, Jesus, just sit down. How do you start getting healthy? You fight and you sit down. Some of you, I know this, you're type A. The minute I start talking, okay, so what do we do? Sign up for a class? Yeah, no. So what do we do? Sign up for welcome lunch? Which you should, but no. What do I do? Serve more? No. Your healing is not a what you do. It's a who you sit with. Look at Romans chapter 7. Oh, I feel like preaching. Romans chapter 7. It's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a verse. Just follow me. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, and I'm a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. Anyone else? And, and by the way, this is the greatest leader in the New Testament church. Saying, I don't get myself. So if you, if you ever said this, welcome. I really don't understand myself for what I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. 
So I am not the one doing the wrong. It is a sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't do it. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. This should encourage someone. You are not alone. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing the wrong. It is a sin living in me that does it. This is when it gets real encouraging. I've discovered this principle in life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that's at war with my mind. This is so good. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Hear this. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me? Not a what. He said, what can I do? What can I set up for? What can I study for? What can I quote? What can I read? What can I do? He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ himself. How do you get healthy? You understand? It's a who. It is Jesus. It's a name. It's not you giving more. It's not you tithing more. It's not you serving more. It's you fighting through. Sitting down with the who. Saying, I don't understand myself. I want to do these things and I don't do them. I don't want to do these things and I keep doing them. I am miserable. Who can save me? Oh, thank, thank God. It's Jesus. For he is the answer. He offers a whole new way to be human. That you can actually be whole on the inside. Be happy on the inside. Be complete on the inside. Why? Because your soul is the front runner. Are you healthy this morning? Are you broken? Are you cracked? Are you maligned? Are you mistreated? Are you distant? Where are you at this morning? Your life could be skyrocketing, but your soul could be going on the, out, on the downhill, downward spiral. But Jesus this morning is wanting to come to you and go, let me in. Let me on the inside. Give me a chance, because I can make your inside whole. This morning, can we stand? We're in the go in the worship, and what we're going to do is we're going to fight through, and we're going to sit down. We're going to say, Jesus, here I am. Because of who I am is everything that you say. Come on, church, let's sing. Come on, I am free indeed. This is who I am. Come on, church, let's worship. Let's sing. This is who I am. Thank you for listening to the Rose Church Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. For more information and resources, please visit rosechurch.org or follow us on social media at rosechurchpdx.